The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Stay tuned for the Network Live News Minute. Today is December 10th. This is your Network Live News Minute. Russian President Vladimir Putin announced Wednesday that he will officially run for office again in 2018, debunking questions and theories surrounding his delayed official announcement. In a dramatic shift from his predecessors, President Trump announced Wednesday that the U.S. is recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and ordered plans to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to the ancient divided city. The reaction at the United Nations to President Donald Trump's historic announcement on recognizing Jerusalem as the capital city of Israel was swift and critical. Minutes after the President's address, the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez, who rarely engages the press at the world body, came out and read a statement that in part criticized the President's new policy on Jerusalem. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Wednesday thanked President Donald Trump for his historic decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital, saying it will advance peace in the Middle East. The House passed legislation Wednesday that would allow concealed carry permit holders from one state to legally carry their guns in other states. This has been your Network Live News Minute. I'm Rudy Rule reporting. Today on the Network Live, we'll be listening to a message from David Rickner, who is the Executive Director of the international organization Jews for Jesus. Jews for Jesus has branches in 13 countries and 26 cities. David has authored books and articles on Jewish faith, family, and culture. He has produced several albums of Jewish gospel music and has spoken in prominent pulpits across the country. He has also appeared on national radio and television programs, including Larry King Live. Stay tuned to the Network Live and hear more from David. something wrong with your child that you can't fix, you feel very small and very weak. I was hit by a drunk driver. I don't remember any of the specifics of my injuries or the accident. I just know stuff was taken care of and I was able to focus on getting healed. Our medical bills have been over a million dollars and the members at MediShare have faithfully paid our bills. I think the thing that appeals to me most about MediShare is I'm not just a number. We are part of a family. You're not only getting taken care of by a medical doctor, but you're also getting taken care of spiritually through the power of prayer. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. That's 844-74-BIBLE. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Thank you for being with us today. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing from David Rickner, President of Jews for Jesus. David will be speaking on Jesus and the Feast of Hanukkah. Here is David.
You know, the Feast of Tabernacles is connected to the holiday that we just completed in celebrating Thanksgiving. The pilgrims initially were uh, seeing themselves coming to the new Israel and they wanted to adopt the festivals uh, and uh, their Thanksgiving, their first Thanksgiving, was in fact an attempt to have their own Feast of Tabernacles in this new land. The Feast of Tabernacles is also connected to an upcoming Jewish holiday that's not well known in the church, and it is the festival of Hanukkah. Talk to you a little bit about Hanukkah, not only its relationship to the Feast of Tabernacles, but also to the Christmas story. In fact, I would go so far as to say that without Hanukkah, there would be no Christmas. And you might say to me, well, that's uh, quite a statement. And I hope to be able to demonstrate that. I invite you to open me, with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John. John chapter 10 is the only place in the Bible, both Old and New Testament, where there is a specific reference to the festival of Hanukkah. And so it is a question and of concern to Christians. And I think that as we take a look at this festival, you'll see the richness of this text opening up to you and also perhaps gain a greater appreciation for our coming Advent season. John chapter 10, beginning with verse 22, we'll read through verse 33. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. What a powerful passage of Scripture. One that I believe is more fully unpacked as we understand the backdrop with what John tells us is the Feast of Dedication. And of course, in Hebrew, the word for dedication is Hanukkah. This is the festival that was being celebrated, commemorating events of history during the intertestamental times when Antiochus, known as Epiphanes, the Syrian king, with his Syrian army invaded the land of Israel captured Jerusalem and defiled the temple, setting up altars to the Greek pantheon and even going so far as to sacrifice a pig, an unclean animal, on the holy altar, extinguishing the sacred light in the temple. It was a dark time for the Jewish people. And Hanukkah, dedication, commemorates that time when vastly outnumbered a group of Jewish Guerrilla war warriors known as the Maccabees were able to fend off the mighty Syrian army, recapture the city of Jerusalem, and rededicate the temple there. And so 
the, the name dedication, more commonly known today as the Festival of Lights because of many traditions that have since come to be associated with the Feast of Hanukkah. And the first time that this festival was celebrated, according to the book of Maccabees, we find that it was actually a delayed celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles because tabernacles actually occurred one month later in the calendar of Israel, and one month earlier, rather, and so it was at that time that the celebration of tabernacles began and the Feast of Hanukkah was initiated from then on. And so this has become a growing festival, considered a minor festival, though with the interest these days in the Western world in Christmas, Hanukkah in the Jewish community has taken on even greater import. And one of the things that we say to one another in the Jewish community at this time is, Nes Gadol Hayasham. Surely a great miracle happened there. And so this is a time for miracles. And in fact, there are three miracles associated with the festival of Hanukkah that really serve as the backdrop for our understanding of this text. In fact, you'll notice that Jesus himself there in the temple, which of course was the the backdrop, the foundation of the celebration of the Feast of Hanukkah, Jesus himself mentions the miracles when the Jewish leadership is asking, are you really the Messiah? Tell us plainly. And Jesus points them to miracles. The miracles I do in my Father's name, they speak for me. So with miracles on the minds of his audience, Jesus directs their attention to these miracles. And the first miracle that I would mention, not necessarily coming in this particular text, but very clearly associated with this festival, is the miracle of light. Now, according to tradition, when the Maccabees recaptured the temple in Jerusalem, that sacred candelabra which illumined the sanctuary had been extinguished and according to this tradition, when the Maccabees sought to rekindle it, they only found enough oil to last for one day. And nevertheless, it would take eight whole days for new oil to be made and sanctified, set apart, made kosher for use in the temple. And so they were confronted with a dilemma. What do we do? Do we light the, the menorah only to have it go out? Or do we wait eight more days to rekindle the lamp. So they decided, according to this tradition, to rekindle the lamp. And the miracle of the light, according to Jewish tradition, is that that oil, only enough for one day, actually lasted for eight whole days. Now, of course, we don't know if this is a true miracle. It's more likely a later addition or tradition. But there is a lot of association with light in the Feast of Tabernacles. And you'll read about it in my book that this is one of the grandest and glory, most glorious celebrations, the illumination ceremony, which took place in the temple. And in John chapter 7 and 8, we see Jesus talking about that very ceremony and speaking of himself, saying, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. And so you see the light from the Feast of Tabernacles is now translated to the light of the Hanukkah menorah. And as you can see, I have one here, which I'd like to light, and I hopefully will be able to uh, have this burn for a little while here in the chapel without causing a problem. The menorah has nine candles, not eight. 
And the one in the temple had seven. But this is a Hanukkah, a special candelabra for this festival, because, of course, the eight-day tradition of that miracle has eight candles. Why then the ninth? The ninth candle is raised up above all the others and is called the shamash, or the servant candle, because of the promise of the shamash, the servant, from the prophet Isaiah, who said, it is too little a thing that I will raise you up to speak to the tribes of Jacob, Isaiah 49, 6. I will also make you a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And so the promise of light as a messianic hope is now connected not only with the illumination ceremony of the Feast of Tabernacles, but even has found its way into the architecture of the Hanukkah, the the sacred menorah. And so this shamash, this candle, is lit and is used then to bring light to all the other candles. And so the first night of Hanukkah, we would light this shamash candle and one candle, and then by the time we get to the last night, all nine candles would be burning. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam She'asa nisim lavoteinu Bayamim hahem Vazman hazeh Amen Which means, Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has done miracles and wonders in our fathers and in our day. And so this candelabra, this Hanukkah, this menorah, is then placed in the window of a Jewish home facing outward so that all the world can know not only of our commitment to this festival, but also of our hope for the coming of Messiah. And what a great burden it is for us in Jews for Jesus, and I hope for you too as well, to see these menorahs burn with the shamash, the the hope of the Messiah, and know that my people light those candles every year not knowing that The light of the world has indeed come, and his name is Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus is the miracle of light that the illumination ceremony of tabernacles and that the menorah, the Hanukkah, speak to. Jesus speaks of miracles, and I think that the most significant miracle, which he also alludes to in this passage, is the second miracle, which is the miracle of preservation. If you think about it, God had promised that Israel would exist before him forever, that as a unique people on the face of the earth, they would be a light to the nations. And yet, the problem with the story of Hanukkah is that Antiochus Epiphanes had other ideas. He, like so many throughout history, satanically inspired to wipe the Jewish people off the face of the earth had that commitment because he not only wanted to conquer the Jewish people, he wanted to Hellenize them. He wanted to remove from their midst the worship of the one God of Israel and force Greek worship, Greek customs. And so he forbid the circumcision of Jewish boys, the keeping of kosher, and all of the elements that God gave to Israel to make them a unique people on the face of the earth. And so if he had had his way like the Herods, the Hamans, and the Hitlers, and the Hamas, and the Hezbollah of history, Antiochus would have been successful in making God to be a liar. Because God had promised to preserve his people Israel. And I think that promise we see being carried out even to this day. God is faithful. He does not neglect 
his people, his chosen people. And the wonderful thing about Jesus' comment here in that context, in the context of God's preserving power of Israel, is that he says in the new covenant, those who follow him now receive the promise of God concerning that same preserving and sustaining power. That's how I see this context when Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. The preserving care of Almighty God sustaining Israel is now extended to all of those who are children of Abraham by faith in Israel's Messiah Jesus. Isn't that a good word for us as well? And I think it was understood as being a comment on the history of God's saving power of Israel, even at this holy time of Hanukkah. If you think about it, if Antiochus had had his way, there would be no Christmas because there would not have been a people for the Messiah to be born into to fulfill the promises of God. And so we come to the third and final miracle coming out of this text, which is the miracle of Emmanuel, God with us. And this is perhaps even the most startling of all of the issues, the most in-your-face of Jesus' comments here in the temple in Solomon's porch. Because if you'll remember once again the story of Hanukkah, Antiochus came into the very temple where Jesus is now walking. And this is not too long. This is not ancient history. This is very current for the Jewish people now. And he claimed himself to be God manifest. He took upon himself the name Epiphanes, God manifest. He claimed deity and commanded worship from the Jewish people. Now, of course, the Jewish people weren't exactly willing to comply and the tradition is that they began to call him Antiochus Epiphanes, Epimenes rather, which uh, loosely translated means crazy in the head. So there was this conflict and this controversy about a man claiming to be God, and it had to do with Hanukkah, and it took place in the temple, and now Jesus, on that very festival, walks in to the temple and says, I and the Father are one. Wow. Never should we be ashamed to make the claim that Jesus himself made. The deity of Christ is under attack in many quarters, even of the church today. Jesus claimed to be God. No equivocation. And if you wonder about that claim, if he really meant what he said, the people who heard him understood best. And what did they do? Those Jewish leaders there picked up stones to stone him, John tells us. Do we have our pile of stones for heretics? Do we keep a pile? No, most sanctuaries don't. And if you think about it, the temple was the most ornate of all of the sanctuaries of the ancient world. Beautiful. So why were there stones just laying around willy-nilly on the floor? Well, perhaps. But let me suggest one other possibility to you. In the story of Hanukkah, when the pig was sacrificed on the idol, uh, on the uh, on the altar rather, there was uh, a porous stone that that altar was made of. 
And this pig blood soaked into that stone, making it absolutely unusable for the future. And so one of the big challenges the Maccabees had was to redo that altar, which they did. And But the big controversy, which the rabbis quibbled about for some weeks, was what to do with the defiled stones. And they said they should be thrown out, some of them. And others said, no, they can't be just thrown out. They were, in fact, the sacred altar. So after much debate and no decision, they dismantled the altar stone by stone, according to Jewish tradition, and left that pile of stones in Solomon's colonnade with this thought, when the Messiah comes, he will show us what to do with the stones. Interesting. And now at Hanukkah, we find Jesus in Solomon's colonnade claiming, I and the Father are one. Wow. Jesus' claim to being the Messiah is not complete unless he is also seen and proclaimed as God come in the flesh. When the Messiah comes, he will show us what to do with the stones. And that brings us to this very day, does it not? For are those of my people today who hearing the claim that Jesus is the Messiah and God manifest may in fact feel inclined to bend down to pick up a stone to cast at the Savior. But I am among those and a growing number of my people who bend the knee not to pick up a stone, but to worship the one who is indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And I know that you share my hope that my people more and more will, as I have done, bend the knee and bow and worship in this holy season to recognize the one who is indeed born, the King of Israel. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you who have declared the end from the beginning, we thank you for the richness of your truth and the scriptures which are alive and so full of your divine imprimatur, so wonderfully woven together to reveal the picture of the Holy One of Israel, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. And we pray right now as our nation and this world enters into this sacred season that in the midst of the din of merriment and merchandising that the message of Messiah would be heard and received by Jews and by Gentiles. We want to be those who worship at your feet and declare you are indeed Emmanuel, God with us, the light of the world, the one who saves us to the uttermost. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. In conclusion, I would love to bless you with the blessing of the sons of Abraham from Numbers chapter 6, the Aaronic benediction, first in Hebrew and then in English. Yo er Adonai panavalecha vikunecha.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Mishichenu Sar HaShalom. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Amen. God bless you. Shalom. If you would like more information about David Brickner or Jews for Jesus, visit JewsForJesus.org. This year, Hanukkah will begin at sundown on Tuesday, December 12th, and will end at sundown on Wednesday, December 20th. Hanukkah, which is the Hebrew for dedication, is the Festival of Lights. It commemorates the victory of the Maccabees over the Syrian Greek army and the subsequent miracle of rededicating the Holy Temple in Jerusalem and restoring its menorah, or lamp. The miracle of Hanukkah is not that only one vial of oil was found with just enough oil to illuminate the temple lamp for one day, but yet it lasted for eight full days. Jewish or Christian, I want to encourage you to learn more and even celebrate your Jewish heritage through Jesus by celebrating Hanukkah at home. And light the menorah. Each night at sunset, light one additional candle to the number from the previous night. You might want to play games, though, or eat special foods unique to Hanukkah. Many Hanukkah foods are deep fried in oil, symbolizing the oil from the menorah used in the temple. These include our potato pancakes and jelly donuts. Some people also sing Hanukkah songs or exchange gifts after lighting the menorah, which is also called the Hanukkah. Having fun and host or attend a Hanukkah party. Most importantly, allow this time of celebrating Yeshua, the King of Kings, Jesus the Messiah. Be a time of family, joy, hope, and a spiritual awakening for the new things of God that he has for us in the new year. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. Shalom. Hanukkah is the best of special holidays. Hanukkah is the main holiday of light. Hanukkah is when you can eat gout. It has so many gold and pretty stuff. Hanukkah is when you light the menorah. It gives us light. I like the menorahs. Holiday that, that lasts for eight days. And Hanukkah is a special celebrating time that when the Greeks tried to get us out of Israel, we fought for it and we won. When we went back to the temple, we found oil and we only thought it was going to last one night, but a miracle happened and it happened and it lasted for eight nights and it proves that miracles can happen when you least expect it. On the first night of Hanukkah, we begin by lighting the shamish, the helper candle.
much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The network live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEL Radio 95.3 FM and knelradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.